بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد نسلی علیہ رسول کریم اما بات الحمد للہ جنائٹ از دا ففٹینتھ آف فیبروری ان دی ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی تھری So we pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He blesses us in our months of Rajab and Sha'aban and conveys safely to the holy month of Ramadan. Amen. And we moved on to the 58th night that we're going through the exalted and dear life of the eminent companion, Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik. So the next section is entitled, Sayyidina Anas Radiyallahu's Final Years. So after Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Zubayr's martyrdom radiyallahuma in 73 AH, Abdul Malik ibn Marwan became the undisputed khalif. He passed away 13 years later in 86 AH. And his son Al-Walid ibn Abdul Malik thereupon ascended to the high post. Sayyidina Anas was now around the venerable age of 96 years. So, how did Abdul Malik ibn Marwan become the Khalif? So, when Ibn Zubair was martyred around the Kaaba, there was nobody left to contest the Khilafat. So, the amazing thing was, a Sahaba is martyred and the Khilafat goes into the hands of the one who was opposing him. But he was now the Khalif. His Khilafat was 13 years. Then his son, in line with the kingship, took over. Anas now was 96. Al-Walid ruled for 10 years and passed away in 96 AH, upon which his brother Suleiman ibn Abdul Malik assumed the high post. So what's interesting, um, Abdul Malik ibn Marwan After reigning for 13 years, his son became the Khalif. But when his son passed away, he passed it on to his brother, which is interesting. So sometimes he will go to the brother. So the brother was Suleiman ibn Abdul Malik. Thus it was around the fourth or fifth year of Al-Walid ibn Abdul Malik's name that the majestic servant of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa was to finally exit the troubles of the mortal world. So, Walid ibn Abdul Malik, he ruled for 10 years. And bang in the middle, that's when Anas left the world. Then he mentions Suleiman ibn Abdul Malik became the Khalif. And after him came Umar bin Abdul Aziz. So Umar bin Abdul Aziz did not see, did not have the honor to have Anas alive during his Khilafah. Sayyidina Anas was now close to becoming a centurion and was thus becoming fed up with the worldly life. This was due to him now, due to frailty, not being able to perform certain deeds which he daily loved to perform. For instance, Qadada Rahmatullah he said, Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik was unable to fast about one year before he passed away. He thus did not fast and he fed 30 poor people instead. Mm-hmm. This is in Ibn Sa'ad in his tabakat. 
volume 1 page 11 of the english translation in the chapter on the companions of the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam who settled in basra so he was around 99 and that was the year he couldn't fast and he fed 30 poor people ai for each day of the fast he couldn't keep in the month of ramadan imam imam bukhari he further clarified rahmatullah as for the old man who cannot fast then he should do like sayyidina anas radhiyallahu who for one or two years after he became old he fed some bread and meat to a poor person for each day he did not fast this is in sahih bukhari in the chapter on tafsir fatal bari 8-179 darukutni 2-207-8 abdi ibn humayd 4-177-8 sahih ibn katir tafsir volume 1 page 500 of the english translation So Imam Bukhari in his in his sahih he mentioned that this is the ruling Anas couldn't fast for one or two years and for each of the fasts he fed bread and meat to a poor person further clarifying Ayyub ibn Abu Tamim rahmatullahi said Sayyidina Anas radhiyallahu could no longer fast thus he made a plate of thabit and invited 30 poor persons and he fed them This is in Abu Ya'la in his Musnad 7-204, Hafiz Zahbi in his Seer, Volume 3, Ibn Katir's Tafsir, Volume 1, page 500 of the English translation. So what he did was he would get all the food together on a large plate and he would invite 30 and they would eat from that. And it was Thadith, which is broth, bread and meat. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abbas, he further explained, he decided the verse, In Surah Al-Baqarah, Surah 2, verse 184. A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Rajeem. وَعَلَى الَّذِينَ يُتِيقُونَهُ فِدْيَةٌ طَعَامُ مِسْكِينَ For those who can, I fast, but with difficulty, is an expiation, namely the feeding of one that is indigent. Ibn Abbas explained, رضي الله عنه, this verse was not abrogated completely. It is for the old man and woman who are able to fast but with difficulty. Those they choose instead to feed a poor person for every day, either they do not fast. This is in Sayyid Bukhari and Ibn Kathir's Tafsir. So if you look at the holy verse, it's not the whole verse, relevant part, Surah 2 verse 184. Allah the Almighty and Glorious is talking about those who can fast but it would be difficult for them. So maybe they're very ill. Oh, they're very old. Then Allah Ta'ala says, they have to expiate. And it's fidyatun ta'amu miskeen. The feeding of one that is indigent. So Ibn Abbas explained, the man and woman who are old, they can also feed a poor person for every day. This is why in the next holy verse, our loving Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in Surah Al-Baqarah, Surah 2 verse 185. يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ لِكُمُ الْيُسْرَ وَلَا يُرِيدُ بِكُمُ الْعُسْرَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intends ease for you. He does not intend for you any hardship. So this is very important. It is important to highlight to the elderly believing folk, it is not an act of piety for them to keep the obligatory fasts if it would entail any harm to themselves. as can be seen from the hallowed example of the beloved servant of our exalted messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam sayyidina anas radhiyallahu now this is 
was interesting. You get the elders and naturally they don't want to break their fast. Because they're thinking there's something wrong, we, can, we can't fast. And the response is, Allah doesn't say fast. He says if it causes you hardship, you should expiate. Meaning that you're finding it difficult. So obviously an elderly person is usually taking medication or he's, you know, he's frail. So Allah mentions in the next verse, he wants ease for you. He doesn't want hardship. Why are you putting hardship upon yourself for? And can a Muslim or Muslimah be more pious than Anas? Anas didn't say, well, I'm going to go right to the end. I'm going to drop. I'm never going to get my fast up. He stopped fasting for one or two years. Sayyidina Anas had also gone on to relate a most important reality when he said, when a servant reaches the last part of his age, i.e. having performed various good deeds as a Muslim, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala graciously continues to record good deeds in his book of deeds, which he used to do in his state of health. Subhanallah. This is in Abu Ya'la in his Musnad, number 3666, or volume 3, page 293. So what was Sayyidina Anas saying, radiyallahu You get old. And then, obviously, you can't do certain deeds. But what you did when you was young and healthy, Allah, by His great kindness, He starts recording that for you as a charity. So what's fascinating here? Thus, the importance of living a righteous life in one's youth and not to delay so as to attain the maximum true pension when one needs it the most. So this is the problem. People, they think they're clever, astaghfirullah. And actually, they're showing their stupidity. I'm going to become pious when I get older. So you say, okay, what's your plan? Because when I get to 50, I'll, I'll change my life. Because fine. Then you say, right, so if you live another 30 years, and the last 10 years, you're going to be struggling to do your fasts and anything else. Why have you given yourself such a poor pension? So the guy questions, he goes, what are you talking about pension? And it's to do with what you did when you was healthy. If you did in your youth and in your health good deeds, Allah records that for you because you cannot now do it in your old age. So Hazrat Anas was highlighting, don't waste your time. Get on living a righteous life and inshallah Allah will give you by His great kindness. Maybe it was about such intelligent people that Sayyidina Anas who relates that our beloved messenger said, the young man performing worship in the morning is superior to the old man worshipping in old age, i.e. who did not perform such worship during his youth, just as prophets, alayhi salatu wasalam, are superior to all people. Subhanallah. This is in Jam'ul Jawameh, number 14,769, volume 5, page 235. So what was our beloved messenger saying, sallallahu alayhi wa So the youngster who does his worship in the morning, he is superior to the old man doing the same worship, just as prophets are to the other people. So you can't compare. So why is the young man's worship likened to a prophet's? Because obviously at the time he's got his whole life ahead of him. But far more importantly, he's getting his rewards even in his old age. Subhanallah, how important it does becomes to alert our youth to this undeniable fact. And sadly, the youth aren't aware of this. And if you tell them this, they'll switch on. 
And the funny thing is, you'll get them really worried about their pension. <laughs> you get teenagers putting money into the pot for their pension. You got 50 years left for your pension. You go, no, but you should think ahead. Well, if you think about your temporary pension, why don't you live a righteous life now and you'll get the proper pension when you get old? Dus Abdullah ibn Umar, he relates that our beloved messenger said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves such a person who has devoted his youth to obeying the Almighty. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves such a person who has devoted his youth to obeying the Almighty. This is in Abu Na'im al-Hiliya, number 7496, or 5-394. So Allah loves it when you worship during your youth. And obviously, this is out of his kindness for yourselves. Indeed, in the famous narration, our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, seven people will be shaded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala under his shade, on the day when there will be no shade except his. And what did he say? Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, وَشَابًا نَشَأَ بِعِبَادَةِ A young man who grew up worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is in Sayyid Bukhari, number 660, and Sayyid Muslim, number 1031. So this is the famous report about the seven who are given shade on the day of resurrection under the glorious Arsh. And one of those blessed categories is Shab, is a young man. وَشَابًا نَشَأَ بِعِبَادَةِ a young man who grew up worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So why is he given such royal treatment? Allah loves it when a youth worships. In the glorious deen, the youth of an individual ends between the ages of 33 to 40, i.e. roughly 32 to 39 solar years. So this is also important. So the scholars differ. Some say 33 is when it finishes. Others say 40. But if you take, convert that into the solar years, it's 32 to 39 solar years. So at the age of 39, your, your youth has ended, according to the majority of scholars. All of this is confirmed in the Qur'an. In Ibn Jadid and Ibn Kathir in their respective tafsirs, Abdullah Ibn Abbas and others, they recited this verse in Surah Al-Teen, Surah 95, verse 5. Then do we abase him to be the lowest of law? They explained, this means decrepit old age. So what is it mentioned in this verse? In Surah 95 verse 5, Allah the Almighty and Glorious says, We created man with the best of images. But in the end, Then do we bring him to the lowest of law? The tafsir authorities mention this means he becomes old. He becomes decrepit in old age. But then in the next verse it mentions in Surah Al-Teen, Surah 95 verse 6. Except such as believe and do righteous deeds for they shall have a reward on faith. So Allah the Almighty and Glorious says, man will become old if it's my decree, he'll become decrepit. But then he makes an exception. Except the believer who does righteous deeds, they will have ajrun ghayru mamnoon, reward without fail. Shaykh Muhammad Ya'qubi commented upon this verse by saying, this refers to the elderly 
who cannot now perform deeds but still get the reward. So what does Allah the Almighty and Glorious say? That when you get old, you become decrepit. But he goes, but there's a certain category of old people. He goes, it doesn't affect them. They don't become decrepit. So obviously a person scratches his head. He goes, old people become decrepit. The Quran goes, no, except the believer who does righteous deeds, they will have ajrun ghayru mamnu. And Shaykh Muhammad Yaqubi, Hafizullah, he said, it refers to the elderly. They can't do deeds because of their old age, or they still get the reward. Ghayru mamnu, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. So notice in the Quran. So seriously reflect upon the following reality to explain. There are now two age Muslims. Let's say at the age of 70. So you got, let's say, two, a twin. Two twins. Two brothers. Age of 70. Though they are now performing the same good deeds, one of them is getting the reward of the deeds of the prophets. Compared to the other who is now receiving far, far less. Why? For one had earnestly worshipped his Lord during his youth, whilst the other had procrastinated and only really started worshipping earnestly towards the latter part of his life. Thus, let the youth not delay and start investing in their true pension fund. We ask our loving Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala's help in this and in all matters. Amen. So notice, Anas, <laughs> so he lived into old age, centurion. So what was Allah the Almighty recording for him? <laughs> you know, if a Muslim getting the reward, you know, like he says, of a prophet, then what about the Sahab? So note, that's very important to highlight. Why? Because the elderly, they don't need to go berserk. You're all right, okay. Just, you don't need to fast now. Relax. So look how beautiful it is. He's not doing anything. He's getting the reward of fast. And not only getting the reward of fast, he's getting the reward of all his good deeds he did in his health. But if he delayed and dilly-dallied, what's he getting? It's just stay a pension, as they say. He didn't put a private pension in there. So note, this is also so important. And this is why uh, there's a report. The hadith is in Razin and Mishkat. And some of the company, uh, some of the tabi'in, rahimahumullah, they came to visit Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. He was he was ill, radiyallahu. When they came to visit, he was weeping. So one of the companions said, why are you weeping? And he said, I'm not weeping over the illness. I'm weeping that it didn't come to me when I, it was, when I was younger. Now what did he mean by that? What he meant by that was, he goes, now he goes, I'm going to get the deeds that I do now in my, in, towards the end of my life. He goes, I would have got far more if I got this illness when I was young. So note, the Sahab was there, they were, in, they were thinking always about the Akhirat. So note here, Anas, and this is important to highlight, he was 99, coming to becoming a centurion. So basically, he did keep his obligatory fasts well into his 90s up to the age of 98. And then after that, he couldn't fast. And notice, you don't, you don't get any reports where it shows he was grieving. This is just shaitan playing games with you. Why? Because now you're putting hardship upon yourself. Allah says, I don't want hardship for you. So he just got the food and he gave the food to the poor. The poor were benefiting as well, right? By the generosity of Sayyidina Anas.
So all I mentioned today was now going into the final years of the great Sayyidina Anas Allah. And I mentioned that he passed away during the Khilafat of Walid ibn Abdul Malik, I halfway through his Khilafat. And then I mentioned specifically that he couldn't fast. And Alhamdulillah, through his example, we learn it is not an act of piety to fast when you are struggling. This is very important because some people think, no, it's better for me to fast. It's not better for you to fast. Allah doesn't want a hardship. He wants ease for you. So note again, especially for the elders to comprehend this. And then I mentioned, of course, the immense rewards that a person receives in his old age if he worshipped during his youth, i.e., then he will truly get the ultimate charity of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why there's a report to finish. The hadith, I believe, is in Sayyid Bukhari. And the Prophet وسلم, he said to the nearest meaning, he goes, Allah Ta'ala, he gives you sadaqah. And his charity is that you will get the reward of your deeds that you do when you were healthy, when you were ill. And also you will get the rewards of the deeds you did when you were resident, when you were traveling. So this is the charity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when you're traveling and you can't do certain deeds, Allah Ta'ala will give you the rewards of you did when you was resident. And when you are ill, you get the reward. Allah Ta'ala graciously, He gives you this by His great kindness and mercy. Are there any questions?